<laughs> I mean, you could go with Cuba next and get just. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, yeah I think Cuba's trying to be like my assistant. He's going for the Neil Halavity mustache. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken Cuba three months to grow that. Yeah, Cuba looks like a Polish painter. big fancy introduction we're not going to do that uh this is uh the kubaganza as we're we've taken to calling it we've got a, a cavalcade of thousands uh dan i've always wanted to host a christmas special like i was andy williams uh this is our chance dan well yeah i it's maybe our only chance so let, let's let's uh let's see how it goes um you know i'm gonna sing some carols later on um at the end maybe that uh will probably drive the listeners away uh, as I sound like a cross, my singing voice is a cross between Kermit the Frog and Bob Dylan, but out of tune. So uh, anybody who's ever heard me belt out, you'll never walk alone, knows that you want to exit the room when that starts. Will, um, any, of these, will any of these be uh, Polish Christmas carols? Uh, only if Cuba, you know, guides me along. I think <laughs> hey, I, I uh, could join in on some. I can do Adeste Fidelis uh, as well. So, uh, Dan, you've told this story on the, on the pod before about our special guest, Honoree, who announced his uh, retirement today from Forward Madison FC. Um, he's, uh, you know, moving, moving to the, the Polish Mediterranean. He's just going to kick back and relax there on the beach for a while. Uh, he's going to post pictures of his bike rides like uh, Jersey Dudek. Yep. Long <laughs> bike rides on Strava. Uh, wearing SPF 1000, undoubtedly, <laughs> fair skin pole. Um, and so we, <laughs> I'm pleased we almost scary. already got a spit take from Peter Wilt, who is joined, <laughs> who has joined us as well. Uh, our special guest is, is, and you've told this story, but before he joined the podcast or before he joined the club, Peter Wilt had, had talked him up and, and I want to just, before you had met Kuba Shishostaniak, what was your impression of what he was going to be like? Um, I expected uh, quite a bit older, uh, a much more squared off head, not so, not so round. Um, um, you know, maybe a little melancholy from, from a life spent traversing across Europe through Poland and Germany and, uh, you know, all the weight of history that comes along with that. Uh, but no, there was this fine young man from Middleton who was actually quite young, round-headed, well put together, and a Liverpool fan to boot. So that was really that was all I needed to hear. Uh, uh, and I, you know, and I, at the time I felt um, he really needed to wash off the stink of working uh, for both a toilet bowl company. There's a joke in that, yeah. and uh, and uh, the club the the certain club that he was working for as part of the toilet bowl um empire as they tried to s spread their empire of poo all over the world um i think the finest line ever uttered about that is kuba said he knew exactly how much he would sell out for and uh, <laughs> kuba, my question for you is were you shocked at how low it was <laughs> uh looking back yes uh, at the time it, it seemed like something I'd, I'd be willing to do. So, um, and then there's a great discount on Kohler products, which, you know, being a homeowner down the road, you can't pass that up. 
No, um, one other thing I want to say, I, I, I got to say that, that the one thing that no one can ever take away from Kuba and I is I think he's the first friend I've ever met inside a shipping container for the first time. Um, so where we weren't I, forced to be in that shipping container. <laughs> um, yeah. I've made plenty of other friends in hostage situations inside <laughs> shipping containers. But this was the first time where it was ever just kind of like a, a voluntary friendship that just happened to start inside a shipping container. It, yeah. No Stockholm syndrome involved in this friendship. No. Uh, and uh, Posnon syndrome. Yeah. yeah. But so we're, we're doing something very different. We normally don't emergency pod. We normally don't drink and podcast. And so, Kuba, what are you what are you drinking? Because you have a special, a couple of very special liqueurs. I think we yeah. saw, particularly the the one from the the Americas there, uh, a fine liqueur. What what are you drinking, Kuba? Yeah, so my 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 go to is this uh, brandy old fashioned mead that my my good my good friend Alex Sherman here in Madison makes, and he, and he delivered for me yesterday. But I also have this bottle here. Uh, for those of you Mingo watching County, at home, Mingo County, West Virginia. Um, this was gifted to Forward Madison FC by Hootie, last name unknown, the county executive <laughs> of Mingo County, West Virginia. Um, so I, I figured this would be an appropriate time to, to, to get this out. Uh, never been opened. So tonight, uh, you know, cracking the seal. Uh, if if Cuba excuses himself to go vomit, we'll know why. Uh, you know, into a Kohler product, no doubt. Uh, also joining us, and now Peter, uh, is Peter Wilt, uh, one of the, the guys who helped get the club off the ground. And, you know, one of the intentions here today is to let this serve for people who may be new to getting on board with Forward Madison, what all Forward Madison is about, because you guys can tell some stories about how you envision the club and so on. Peter, what are you drinking, first of all? Uh, the champagne of bottled beers, Miller High Life. So uh, in, in a, a disappointing move, I did not swing by the liquor store. I did not get myself a six pack uh, of that. I am uh, suffering through a group toast. Group toast. How's it uh, I am suffering through a bottle of Burgundy, uh, Poma from 2013. Uh, you know, very on brand for me, I would say, especially as I'm broadcasting from palatial Ponywa's Manor tonight. Uh, oh. Dan, Dan, where are you currently? I am currently on the um, the Gold Coast of Long Island, as it's called. Um, uh, I like to call it Gatsby Country. Um, really, I'm just at my parents' attached house in Glen Cove, New York. Is that is that the Great Gatsby territory, or is it the Good Gatsby? <laughs> the the adequate Gatsby, in, <laughs> in my case, above average. Um, are you are you broadcasting from your parents' basement? Because then I think we are truly hitting podcast gold. Not only am I broadcasting from my parents' basement, most of the time I've been here, I've been sleeping in my sister's basement. So, uh, so people have taken to calling me the, the wedding singer. <laughs> <laughs> that, that hair certainly does it. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Peter, Peter has the high life. Another, another group, group drink here. Uh, so, sure. Peter, I'm going to start with a, an introductory comment here. As he normally does. <laughs> in, in the form of an SAT question for you. Uh, Kuba to Dan is like FDR to Donald Trump. True or false? <laughs> you know, you, know you, both, you employed both of them. 
Yeah, um, both FDR and Donald Trump. Yes, I employed them both. <laughs> You've been around I, I for a think, while. I think it would be, be more like FDR to Henry Wallace. Because <laughs> FDR lasted longer than Henry Wallace did in the administration. <laughs> uh, uh, so, Peter, you wanted to, above all, tell us the story of how you hired young Kuba Shisho Stanyak. And if it's like any of the other hiring stories I, I, I've heard, uh, only you will remember it enough to tell it. So there's three versions of every story, you know, his, hers, and the truth in between. So, uh, you know, Kuba, feel free to correct this. Uh, and as all these great stories are, it, it revolves around uh, beer and drinking and uh, the Highbury pub. Uh, Kuba and I have known each other for what, what 40, 50 years? Long time. <laughs> See, that's what days. I thought. <laughs> About as long as I, I've known Kuba. You know, I have to report back to his kindergarten teacher after this. So just yeah. letting you know. So, I mean, it was, it, we knew each other from the Highbury and, you know, more friends than anything, but aware of each other's professional endeavors. And when this Madison opportunity started, you know, in my brain, I'm starting to think of people that have Madison connections, that know and love soccer and have skills that could fit with this jigsaw puzzle we're putting together. And Cuba was right at the top of that list. And so, you know, if I recall, we were talking at some point at the Highbury and it was more in general terms. And then I said, oh, let's talk about it more. And it got more and more serious. And the most serious part I remember was actually not at the Highbury because I think we actually got there before it opened one day. Yeah. And we went to Colectivo. Is that humanly we possible? A swing. <laughs> what, what time do you have to get to? First of all, what time do you have to get to the Highbury to be there before it opens? Like, yeah, it was three like a black in the morning. Hole. My guess is it was in the summer when there was no EPL action, no, no European soccer action going on. Um, because it was daylight, it, it wasn't like we were uh, operating by the moonlight. And we sat on the swing set at Colectivo and, and, um, and KK, and we just planned it all out. We had, you know, great visions of what this team could end up being. It was still pre-Madison pro soccer time and pre-Ford Madison, pre-Flamingo, pre-Leonella Bessie, um, all of that. Uh, but we both got really excited, I think, about what was going to happen and what could happen. And I was on board, he was on board. And then soon after that, um, and there's probably a delay in my process of getting everything to really happen. Um, you know, all these startups have delays. And in that meantime, Cuba got a great offer. And by great, I mean, he got to drive an hour to work each way every day and work for a <laughs> toilet bowl company. <laughs> Which would pay him lots of money. I'm pretty Which, sure that's why his parents came to America. <laughs> the dream, the American dream. This is the American dream in, 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 in Wisconsin right there. Drive an hour to work each way. Sheboygan, Wisconsin. To work Kohler, and live in the suburbs Kohler. of Sheboygan. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Kohler is yeah. a lovely little town. It's frightening how lovely it is, in fact. Yeah. Stepford town. Yeah. Bit. So he turned me down after we were 
on board with this glorious vision together. Simpatico. We were going to do this. And he's like, Peter, had you ever been dumped yeah. like that before? <laughs> <laughs> you matched on Tinder with Cuba on Soccer Vision Tinder, and then he just ghosted you. He, he swiped right. Yeah, it was it was ugly. And he, yeah, so he said no, and he explained why because of his love for uh, toilets and Manchester United. <laughs> and I understood. So of course, why not? And. Then uh, a long time went by. Boy, he must have worked for that toilet bowl company for huh, a week, <laughs> ten days. Hey, no more jo- no more jokes about me jumping ship early. <laughs> Took me about a week to, to call you back there. Yeah, yeah, and he called me back. You know, groveling. You know, on his knees, and I told him, no, no, no. I, I hired this this, this guy from. Uh, uh, Wisconsin from Madison uh, was going to sell sponsorship like crazy, <laughs> and he's going to bring in so much money. We're, we're not going to need you, Cuba. <laughs> and so I, I told him no. I said no. You, you got to seriously. I, I said you got to stick with it. You know, a week is not enough time, and the deal's too good up there. And just give by it- the way, when when Peter is telling you. It's too soon to jump jobs. <laughs> hey, I usually stay two, three, sometimes four years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a... Peter, whose so idea is like 17 would... pages long, but I digress. <laughs> well, 17 times four. Yeah, that's about my age. Yeah, on there. Um, so my, 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 you know, salient career advice to Cuba was you can do anything for a year. So stick it out for a year. And if you still want to come to Madison, we'll figure out a way to get it done. So, um, you know, you know, Cuba, like most young professionals in the sport, listen to me, take my advice. <laughs> and a week later, <laughs> he me up, he said, well, you can hire me or not, but I quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> With the foresight and planning that have served the Polish people so well. Right. <laughs> no, let's still not here. worry about that Hitler guy. <laughs> let's not worry about him. We're still here. Give it a year. Give it a year. He'll be fine. <laughs> so when yeah. you guys so were sitting... A- yeah. When... When you guys were sitting on that yeah. swing set, Cuba and Peter, what were you talking about? What was your vision and how much of that vision became reality? I just remember talking about why isn't the Highbury open yet? There's <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, a lot of shock about where's Joe Katz? Is Joe Katz okay? Yeah. <laughs> do, we need, do we need to do a wellness check on Joe Katz? Is he on the way? I always thought of the Highbury like uh, George Webb, Peter, will you remember this, where they had the two clocks so they could stay open 24 hours a day? That's how I figured the Highbury operated. Kuba, what's your recollection from that meeting? I remember you were kind of telling me, Peter, about the the position and, you know, we were kind of spanning about going a little bit, uh, you know, your your past, past clubs and how you know, that was kind of the key to building this, uh, what is, you know, a, a community club 
in, in a sense of, you know, doing the kind of pounding the ground, doing nonprofits, all that kind of being out there. And you, and you were, you're pretty upfront with it. You're like, pays not a ton and it's <laughs> long hours, but he's like, if, if we do it right, we can build something really special. And I think that was what, you know, I initially went for money at the toilet bowl company, but I, that was, I think what always stuck out to me was, was he telling me that. Yeah. And I think, you know, another thing I told him is I'm looking for a right-hand man. Uh, and it's because at that point you would work with Fallon for what, like three weeks and you're like, Oh God. <laughs> you know, another one, someone else. Yeah. Left, he's left-handed at best. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, wherever I've been, and I think, for a lot of was it Judas at the left hand leaders. of the father? <laughs> <laughs> Keith. <laughs> so, can I be serious for a moment? Please. Stop and don't call me Shirley. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, for me, I, I always need a sounding board and um, someone that can compliment my my skills or my lack of skills in certain areas. And uh, th th that sounding board right-hand person is, is usually um, a good marketing person, good operations person, um, a practical person. Uh, and, and, you know, Steve Pastorino was that person with the Chicago Fire, uh, Kevin Wilhelm with the Minnesota Thunder, Tom Dunmore with Indy 11. Um, and I needed that person from Addison. And, and, and Kuba's skill sets and personality really fit well. And I, I think we worked real well together to get the team off the ground. But without giving away the, all the secret sauce, I mean, I know I talked to you a couple of times about this, but you know, like maybe, I, I, like how, did you, how, do you, how do you approach building a brand around a soccer team? First of all, it didn't exist, right? Like when you started building it, you know, you, it existed, but they, you hadn't played a game yet. And, like what, how, like, how do you kind of think through, like, this is who we're going to be on Twitter, or this is who we're going to be on Instagram, or this is who we're going to be. Um, I think, you know, I think some people might find that interesting because they probably don't think about it in those terms. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, so the, the first few weeks, is... <laughs> do you want me to jump in on that? Yeah. 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 yeah so, Peter, Peter, we've already uh, celebrated you. <laughs> no it's like the first uh first few weeks at, at the company and dan you probably sat through some of these these meetings where you know it was a, a very minimal amount of soccer people coming in um so peter you put you put together a few presentations and you know we were going up and kind of sharing to everyone what what a soccer club could be that you know with staff that might not have been super familiar with the soccer world and the club world um you know, I had been involved in building some online brands and, and soccer before it was kick TV. Um, so I, I modeled the club F uh, Jurgen, Jurgen Klopp was my, my slide that I created was someone that's likable, fun, intelligent, witty, you know, kind of just this like general person that everyone wants to be around in, in a friendly way. So there's a great quote from wedding crashers of uh, bring attention to yourself, but never in a negative way. Um, so it's like, you don't, you don't go after people. You don't attack people. You kind of just this like, positive, happy force that draws people to you. So I think that was kind of the, the brand, the brand vision from the beginning. And then, yeah, I think the branding was, was a huge part of that. So you, so you're, um, Jose Mourinho's personal, uh, uh, um, brand manager as well. I, I run my Instagram account. Yeah. 
in, in terms of thinking about um, community soccer, Cuba, how much did your experience? So you came to you know the the toilet bowl company from working for the Bundesliga in English. Um, mm-hmm. How much you know German soccer in terms of community? How much did that experience shape you? And were there any specific initiatives that you and Peter collaborated on uh, that really you know were related to that experience at all? Yes, I think the. The thing I think I've learned most from the Bundesliga is just that like the spirit of the game, and I'm sorry to like all the, the English files here, but the spirit and the soul of soccer is firmly in Germany at this point. Um, and it's, it's not England, it's not the home of the game. Football is, is foosball is at home. Um, so I think this like the sense of what clubs, you know, I went to six division teams in Germany and, and to Bundesliga games and, and the spirit there in all the cities is always the same for what a club means to the people there and what it's like, it's a home for them outside of their work and, and what they do. Um, and so I think, you know, Peter and I always talked about <laughs> that was kind of what we, we wanted for Madison, I think. And, you know, the, the, Peter did all the, all the groundwork of kind of meeting with the supporters and getting, you know, Andrew and all those guys on, on board early. Um, and so, you know, he helped introduce me to them. And I think we all, you know, the group of us, Dan, Peter, me, Liam, Andrew, Keith, I know you were there at some of those early days, kind of finding this common, symbiosis i guess of what, what we wanted a club in madison to be um yeah I thought that, was, that was really important uh peter what did you learn uh which which cat first of all has appeared on the screen here this would be beanie or uh, beanie's tail anyways yeah. what, did you, what, what did you learn from cuba and what do you hope you you taught cuba oh gosh i mean i, I hope i and cuba knew all of this before before joining us. And I think that's what made the partnership so good. Uh, but I think we excelled at community building. I think um, we, we both we played off each other in that sense. And the importance of doing it and doing it in the right way. I think it's what we did in Madison was being inclusive of people and giving uh, people different constituency groups uh, which I think is a redundancy, constituencies and groups, um, a, a say in how we were going to build this thing from the bottom up. And, you know, Cuba did such a great job of connecting with the supporters, I think because he is one himself, you know, and I think he had on a point earlier, it was much needed with Forward Madison uh, because uh, the, 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 the group was strong in salespeople and merchandisers and administrators, but it was a little weak in soccer people. And the, the three of us, I think, and I guess Skyler, uh, mm-hmm. John Paul, were really it for people that knew soccer. And it needed the four or five of us to be real active out in the soccer community to uh, show that this is an authentic club. And that's what we delivered. We delivered an authentic soccer experience and it was local. And I, I think that's what Cuba excelled at. You're muted, Keith, host You're of the show. Himself. You've never sounded better, Keith. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we have some special guests here just for Cuba, uh, jumping on from live from New York City. I, I think that's Zosha, number one forward Madison supporter, and uh, number two forward Madison supporter, and a guy who can tell great stories about Dan Fallon at the first away trip as well. 
uh, Tomek Shishostanyak, uh, brother of Cuba, is here to, to join us for the Cuba Ganza. Uh, welcome, Tomek. And president of hey, the uh, New York City Mingos. President of the New York City Mingos. Uh, New York so City Mingos for, in the house. Thanks for uh, uh, joining uh, us. And, and uh, uh, oh boy, everybody's there. <laughs> we gotta, uh, we gotta keep it PG thirteen. Yeah. The girls, the girls have been exposed to our soccer content. So, I'd actually argue. I think, I think this has been G rated so far. Yeah. yeah. Other than, other than adult beverages. Mm -hmm. uh, probably seen of of various pictures. Uh, I would say Franya and, and Zosha Kuba are probably uh, forwards two cutest fans. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, definitely in the in the top two. Yeah, and uh, uh, they've they've taken on the the gear, and and that's one of the interesting things. And maybe Tomac, you can talk a little bit about you know the, the impact that your your brother has had. But forward has gone national in a lot of ways, and obviously that's led to some uh, problems as well as as benefits. Was that ever you know we've been talking about community based Cuba? You have a lot of connections in the national uh uh soccer firmament we may say um was that ever intentional or was it just a let's just keep this snowball rolling on your part kuba yeah um you mean in terms of kind of getting the, the news out about the team media and what was your thinking i mean it i was gonna say yeah. kuba if you had an answer to that question i was gonna be impressed because i didn't understand the question at all <laughs> Is it good to know people on Twitter? Uh, <laughs> I think we all know the answer. The answer to that is no. You don't want to meet anybody that you've met on Twitter. No, it was, yeah, it, was, uh, it definitely played a huge part of it. You know, I was, I've been lucky enough to be working in kind of in New York and, and in Germany with kind of, you know, uh, a lot of people that are pretty active in the soccer media scene. Um, so it, it helps just having those like personal relationships when, when we were launching that they were, you know, watching what we were doing. I mean, it, it helped that all the stuff we put out was great. You know, when we dropped the crest, I think people would have liked it anyways. It, I think it definitely helped to get, you know, spread the word a little bit, but, you know, we reached out to a lot of people ahead of time just to ask them like, Hey, this is the time we're launching. Can you please help us, us share this and spread the, spread the gospel? Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't, can't say it, it hurt to, to be, you know, friends with various former pros and stuff like that. Did you guys ever worry that, well, and, and this is, you know, there, there's been a little bit of, of blowback and, you know, the, and we can talk about this with our next guests as well, but that the, the um, kind of national presence of forward has obscured some of the great stuff you guys have, have really built the club around, which is, you know, community support. One of the first sponsors was uh, Goodwill of, of Dane County. Uh, or of southwestern Wisconsin, I forget which. For the uh, record, P Peter Peter closed that deal. I just wanted that to be clear. I did not close that deal. My only deal. <laughs> um, wait, wait, wait! Before we get to that, I, I, I let maybe we can because I have a question. Because Kuba and Tomek, didn't you guys collaborate on a uh, on a forward facing uh, uh, fan blog at some point? Is this is this correct? That's true. Yeah. So the, the, you're probably familiar with the famous like in USA dot blogspot.com was our, our first, uh, 
foray into building supporter group culture for Lech Posdain um, in the United States, which was, it was a niche, niche group, I think. We had as many, we had as many as 300 people reading after Man City games. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh. stealing your, and then stealing your club celebration, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That's right. Here's the sad thing. That's still more than follow our, our podcast, but you know, <laughs> We're gonna to have to contact Toma, Tomek and Cuba on marketing secrets for uh, forwards backwa for, for small niche groups. But actually, actually interesting story too. Lack Poznan did not create the the Poznan. Um, we we call it the Milan in Poznan. We took it from Milan fans. So oh, all right, all right. Nothing. Everything old is new again. Yeah. <laughs> Poznan is the uh, it's the Poland's Milan. It's where like fashion and everything just erupts. <laughs> fashion or fascism? Do Polish sarcasm is hard to detect. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. I've been to uh, Poznan. I was wearing a bright orange jacket at the time, and people laughed at me for my bright orange jacket. So I'm not sure I agree with your your uh, observations. Uh, we're welcoming onto the pod, violating, we've been violating rules all over the place. Uh, our, our no drinking and potting, no emergency potting, uh, no inviting this gentleman on the pod more than once a year. Um, because really our job is to bring down the, the administration of Chairman Schmidt. Andrew Schmidt joins us from uh, scenic Middleton, Wisconsin. And Andrew, the beard is going to cost Dan and I a hundred dollars, isn't it? Oh boy, probably more than that, if I'm being honest. Don't start now. Don't start now, Andrew. <laughs> uh, so one of the things we were talking about is, you know, Forward very quickly developed a national presence. Uh, one of the things that irritated you was uh, uh, full mingo. <laughs> <laughs> just one of the things yeah we'll get we'll, we have a long list of things that irritate andrew we'll we'll be working our way I, I to the believe, bottom of the list aptly for uh, three polish people on a podcast uh, today is festivus so there's gonna be a lot of airing of grievances. <laughs> there's been a lot of that on twitter already today i feel like so yeah, yeah oh, why man. not uh the next news un unleashed a lion by oh. uh that that post on Twitter for those of you who follow on Twitter, but Andrew, one of the things I wanted to ask is, you know, uh, the national presence, you know, is great for the club in some respects. Do you ever worry that it overshadows some of the the good work, or does it help the good work that you guys are doing in the supporters group? You know, I there's something I said to uh, Vern, Vern and Connor, and I think Peter as well when when even before the the club kicked off you kicked a ball was that you know whatever it takes to make this club successful i'm for it um if it's bouncy houses if it's uh giant inflatable flamingo races at halftime if it's uh you know baby baby cow mascots for a flamingo uh based team uh, whatever it takes to put butts in seats i think we just wanted to see the club be successful. Um, you know, that being said, like I try not to pay too much attention on the supporter side of things to things on a national or international level. I think it's really cool. Um, but I, 
I feel like it can also be somewhat of a distraction from the work here locally. And, you know, we don't want to rest on our laurels, right? Just because the club's getting attention, whether it's because of something that our social club social media team is doing or because of something that we're doing locally here, um, we want to earn our plaudits uh, on the supporter side of things. And really for us, that means uh, feeling good about the work we're doing in Madison. And so um, can you tell your favorite uh, early days of the club story about kind of the involvement of, of what Cuba, you know, and, and sort of their support meant in terms of some of the cool local stuff that you guys did. Um, I'm thinking, you know, one of the coolest things was the uh, foot golf tournament early on, which uh, I don't know how well you remember it. Um, (laughs) Not very. Uh, I don't know how well uh, Peter remembers it. I don't know how well Dan remembers it. Um, I remember it well, because I hadn't been part of the entire morning that led up to the foot golf. And I showed up and said, wow, I have some catching up to do. <laughs> like, what? This train has been on a, on a path from the East Coast. It is making its way into Madison. People have been on this thing all night. Uh, anyway, I digress. Um, that was a great day, though. I think the first day I met Keith, so it was a so-so day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess, you know, Andrew, talk a little bit about uh, early on meeting uh, Cuba. And I think, you know, Peter has already said, hey, he and Cuba uh, jibe immediately. Um, did you jibe with Cuba immediately? Or were we like, boy, I hate this guy and we need to send him back to Poland? No, I mean... <clears throat> You know, I thought it was kind of interesting because like knowing that Cuba was from the Madison area immediately was kind of like, oh, this isn't somebody from somewhere else. Like he understands the climate of this city. Um, Knowing too, I mean, the interesting thing was like Cuba, I knew it come from like working with the Bundesliga and working with kick TV. And like, those are things that were, you know, they're, they're, they're things where it's like, okay, we're playing a like who's who game. Uh, with like this person, this is their, this is their credits behind their name and what they've done, but like could have easily been like, I worked with the Bundesliga. Like I I know what I'm doing. Um, But I think the, the, the coolest thing about those early days is, and it continues even now is really that like everybody's on the same team and everybody's working together and there are no egos really like, I mean, obviously everybody's got egos, but like we work through them very quickly. Uh, Other than this podcast, obviously. Well, yeah. I mean, this is why I don't get invited on this podcast is because after the first time you pulled me aside after the show was over and said, I don't know who you think you are, but I tell the jokes here. Um, and then, and then I I explain the joke. (laughs) Yeah. That's been the hard thing. Dan has been stepping on my explaining of the joke bit. Well, somebody's got to rein you in a little bit. Uh, that actually pisses him off more than doing the jokes. It's when you take <laughs> away his opportunity to explain his joke. That's when you way, really bring up. Uh, I think we should address this. You were there for the origin of this podcast. And do you want to apologize to the general public now? Yeah, I feel bad because I think I encouraged it at the time when I, I swung by the Memorial Union. You guys said you had a couple pictures. Um which was the, the, the fuel for this nightmare. Uh, 
And then I said, yeah, it'd be a great idea. You guys are funny. You should definitely, more people want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> have you ever lied that much in your entire life? It was half true. <laughs> um, Cuba, if my mom could hear you now, she would be like, he, Cuba is so right. He is, <laughs> he is so right, Daniel. People want to hear what you have to say. By more people, I think he meant seven. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what, here's what I'm going to say on the flip side are my parents who are in the other room who say, yeah, I don't listen to the podcast anymore. 50 minutes is a long time to listen to you and Dan talk. So, um, you know, there's that, what Kuba, do you remember like that, the origin of this podcast, uh, what, what all transpired and, and you know, how that went down? I don't have a ton of memories from the first or from two years ago at this point. Um, it's, it's all one giant pink and blue blur it's all blues blurs day yeah uh, i guess you know uh andrew one of the things that um you know uh happened you know kuba had this experience in the bundesliga and yet i think unlike a lot of a lot of american clubs with quite popular uh supporters groups um we don't have a it doesn't feel like a knockoff culture for forward madison and so just kind of wanted to get your input on you know, how that came about? How did a unique Ford Madison culture come about? What, what did Cuba help with in, in that regard? I mean, we are, this is called the Cuba Ganza. So we are trying to, you know, thank him for his time with the club and, and celebrate that. But if you want to be like, Cuba didn't do shit and I took care of it myself, <laughs> that's fine as well. You know, um, when you, when you asked me yesterday to come on here, initially I was like, no way. And then you were like, no, it's about Cuba. And I was like, okay, I'll do it if he'll be there. Uh, I think the best, you know, the, the coolest thing about the working relationship that the supporters have with the club has really been like the, the ongoing relationship that, at least from my perspective, the coolest thing from my perspective has been like, Cuba and I probably, like our wives are jealous about how much time we spend with each other talking to each other. We're literally back and forth every day monday through friday like i i probably talk with kuba more than my coworkers where i work probably similarly for him um do we need to edit that bit out no okay no i mean i want to get you fired no i'm working from home anyway it's all remote stuff so like i think you know when i I think the reason why we have something that seems unique, at least I don't, I'm not going to claim that we're completely unique because I don't know what everybody else is doing everywhere else. Uh, we try not to jump ahead of where we're at. And I think that's how you do things the right way. Right. Like you're not holding, we're not holding ourselves to some standard that has been out there and people telling us like, we've got to be doing this thing. It's about making friends and, about trying to evolve organically and, and do the right stuff. And if soccer is not about making friends and coming together as a community, then I don't know what it's for. Um, you know, we see that right now with like, obviously people have to earn a living and professional soccer players need to play to earn their money and pay their bills. Um, but it's just, it's not the same without fans being there and being able to come together and, yeah, I mean, the community here is what we try to focus on first and foremost. It's not about finding Twitter followers. It's not about getting 
uh, exposure at an international or a national scale, right? It's about building things here and first and foremost. And if we're not doing that, I don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, Dan, I, I have one kind of community-based question, um, but do you have any questions before I ask that? You haven't even asked me what I've been drinking. What have you been drinking? It's a drunk pot. I've got a Black Boss Porter. Ooh, Poland. From Vitnica, Poland. Yeah. I've had that. It is delicious. It's one of the best porters I think I've had. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. Better than whatever Dan is drinking, obviously, because I'm uh, part of the uh, the aristocracy, I'm drinking a Burgundy, uh, Andrew. So uh, when the time comes, I'll be first against the wall for the revolution. Uh, what I wanted to ask is, Tomek, Andrew, Kuba, having Forward Madison in Madison, having a pro soccer club in Madison, and I've talked a little bit about this. Growing up, did you ever think this was possible? And how meaningful is just the existence of this club to you guys? Yeah, I, Keith, I think I remember when we first moved to the States, my family, we would only buy cable for the big soccer tournaments. That's the, like the only time we ever got to watch soccer on TV was like during the World Cup. We'd have like I know all the VH1 top tens from 1998. Right, like uh, Marcy Playground, Sex and Candy, just because that's the only time we had cable. Um, and it was so cool to think about, like, I was a ball boy at Bree Stevens for UW. I played games there. And to know that there's, like, this team that belongs to the city that's there, um, just, like, a really cool feeling. I'm so glad, like, my daughters get to watch them, and they've connected with the city, even though we're not living there anymore. And um, it's so special. And I think I... I'm like so proud of like Kuba and Andrew and Peter and the, the whole team that has made that possible. It's been so cool. Yeah, I think it was, it was one of those things where we'd always, you'd always drive past Breeze Stevens and you're like, this is such an amazing stadium in the middle of this city. Why is, and you know, if it was something like for years, it'd be like a high school game, you know, once a week or something, but it was, it's kind of like overgrown dilapidated old relic in a sense for a while it felt like you know east wash was not what it is now so it was yeah it was just kind of it felt like it, it was crazy to me that it took so long for for that to, to happen here in madison and i guess you know it needed a lot of factors to come come together the you know the usl had to create league one and all their brilliance and that kind of was the vehicle for it all andrew what about you what is this you know, what is this, the, just the very existence of Ford Madison? I mean, I, I don't know what I would do if it went away. Like, I'll say that much. Like, I think it was kind of like a, a bit of a fever dream when it first got started. I mean, I remember the, the day that like Peter emailed me and was like, Hey, I got your number from, or your email, your contact info from Monica, whose stepdad watches soccer with you at Cooper's like, do you have time to chat with me at some point? And I was like, sure, here's my number. And like literally two minutes later, he's calling me on the phone. Like you could tell he was like working down a list of like, we got to do this stuff today. But no, it was great. Cause I remember telling him at the time, like you probably remember this, Peter. I was like, he was like, yeah, we're going to start a, a professional soccer team in Madison at Bree Stevens. And I was like, well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but I, I mean, at the time it was like, I remember internalizing it after like I got off the phone with him and I was like, this is happening. Like we got work to do. Like I know the club side of everybody there has work to do, but like the people that want this to succeed in this city have work to do now. And that kind of like lit the fire that, that led to where things are now. Um, I think it means a ton to the people that are here. It won over a lot of skeptics, people that weren't sure about what it was going to be like. And uh, people that weren't sure about the Mallard's ownership running things and how things were going to turn out at games or whether it was going to be really authentic or not, or organic feeling or its own thing. Um, it means a ton to me more, more than I probably want to go into because otherwise I'll, you know, 9.4% beer, I might start having, you know, some salty liquid draining down into it and I don't want to deal with that. But, uh, that, and I told you Keith already that in, until my roast, I refuse to cry on anything that you're a part of. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Uh, so we want to welcome, by the way, uh, to the podcast, uh, a man who said the following, I invited him on the podcast and he said, Oh yeah, I can outline why I am celebrating his departure. Uh, captain of forward Madison, uh, the man whose beard rivals, uh, Andrew Schmitz, uh, Connor turbo Tobin. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Excited to be on. I don't know if my beard rivals Andrews yet. I got a lot of work to do. That's a lot of ginger you've got going on there. Let's be honest. I've been hitting the ginger beards pretty hard, so <laughs> trying to make sure it stays red. Yeah, uh, the matching the matching of your beanie to your beard is fantastic. For those at home who cannot see it, I, I just want to say it's amazing. Amazing. Who do you got joining right now? Uh, you know, uh, what are you drinking, by the way? I got a. Uh, Pretty gritty drink, uh, vodka mixed with some grapefruit juice. I, I, I believe that's a Greyhound. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's a Greyhound. I don't know the name of it. I just make things up at home. Uh, so this is our, our... So, Connor, you've been integral to sort of what has transpired in the development of, of uh, Ford. How, how have you and kind of Kubo worked together? Soccer player... Uh, and have you learned from, from Cuba or not? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I mean, I've worked with Cuba a ton. Um, been really privileged to actually, um, I remember when I was first talking to Peter and talking about coming and we kind of got over the hump of figuring out a contract and I said, you know what, let's do this. Peter said, okay, get in touch with Cuba here and we can get a launch video and all this. And. I'm pretty sure Kuba's first impression has been like, what is this guy doing? He's standing on cross country skis in the middle of his room. Like, this is a little bit weird. Um, but yeah, getting up to Madison and getting involved in the office and being around him, it was, for me, it's been really exciting because I think he gets the essence of not only what the sport should be, but where is the sport in the country and how do we kind of push it down a direction where we can really uh, enhance all these communities. Um, but he gets it from a different perspective. And uh, so I feel like I've learned a ton because I've always approached the sport as being a player. And I kind of come from being in the sport. And one of the things that I really appreciate about Cuba is the fact that 
Kuba's always been from a standpoint of it's a supporter. Um, even though he's kind of running the club and, I, and that to me, I've learned so much just listening to him and listening to like what excites him and, you know, what uh, motivates him day to day um, has given me a ton of insight and it's allowed me to kind of, okay, where are the parallels? Where does this dif- differ from maybe how I've always approached it? Um, and uh, yeah, he's special. He's one of a kind. I don't think there's too many like him in the, in the sport in the country. And um, he's going to continue to do special things for this sport. Appreciate that, Connor. Can I make one uh, note about Connor's launch video or welcome video? Was Because uh, I remember Peter, yeah, Peter put us in touch and you, you sent me a few. And a lot of times I'll peel back the, the, the layers of the onion here. You'll ask a player to film a video for you. And, you know, in the lower leagues, it's usually not like in Arsenal where, you know, they're flying in on a private jet and we're doing tons of content together. It's a lot of like texting, like, hey, can you send a video where you say hi to the fans? And a lot of times it'll just be a like, you know, an awkward 21 year old, like, hello, forward Madison. Like, I'm excited to be here. Um, Connor said, I think you had one or two different variations that uh, your girlfriend at the time filmed for you dressed in full ski wear um and you, you went all in right from the beginning and i, I was like wow this guy's gonna be you know a, a soul brother from the beginning and it was great kind of had a sexy flanders look to you turbo <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i was going for <laughs> I've, I've always thought about you as a, a sexy flanders um <laughs> Uh, so we've we've added uh, another guy to the to the group here because uh, <laughs> we we didn't have enough already. <laughs> uh, well, you know we're violating all of the rules. We're violating all the rules, and it's uh, David Magnus, or as I referred to him earlier this week as David Mingus, uh, because <laughs> very clearly in a jazz mood at the time. Uh, you can you can lay down some good jazz licks, David, right? You were a music uh, theory major in college, I believe. As long as you don't call me uh, Mingus Dingus or something like that, I think, <laughs> I think we're good. Yeah. Not saxophone player by trade. Saxophone not, player in the past, physician by trade. Not, not in front of your face. Uh, <laughs> David, you know, you're, you're in a unique place that, you know, you have a connection to Madison, but you haven't lived here for a while and, and somehow – the sort of local spin of this team pulled you in. And so I wanted to turn things over to you. Like, what do you think, um, uh, a, what Cuba did, how did it bring in? And then B, uh, you know, what did these guys do or do you have questions for them? Orlando is definitely a unique place for sure. But, uh, it's, uh, it was the, it was the inclusion from day one that was, uh, incredible. Um, whenever, whenever I've messaged, texted, uh, you know, Cuba and the crew, uh, Hey, what do you think about this? It's always yes. And also let's do this or, uh, you know, we will take care of it or it's, uh, it's, it's an amazing, um, inclusion. we kind of go with that. And I got that from my, uh, you know, 1200 miles away. It's pretty, pretty amazing to be, as included as somebody who's just right down East Wash and uh, Cuba absolutely uh, spearheads that for sure. And then uh, connecting with the flock to be able to do that for me has been uh, obviously a lot of fun and uh, 
kept me involved for sure. Maybe too much involved, but I'll let the, let them figure that out. <laughs> David is actually one of the, uh, the few fans. I think we, he met us when we were down in Orlando for the USL league summit and, uh, came out to dinner with, uh, those the owners of the team and myself and forget who else was there from a Skylar, I think from our team and, and David, then David gets to ride back to the hotel, which was awesome too. Yeah, that was, um, that, that was big. That was, that was really, you know, I was really thankful for that getting, uh, I guess it's far enough away, getting snuck into the uh, happy hour with the actual uh, participants of the, of the conference was, was pretty cool. Uh, that was uh, Kuba and Jason being able to sneak me in. And then uh, we all packed into my, wife's minivan and we hit the town uh one sushi bar at a time and uh it was a fun time for sure minivan no, I, I gotta you... say no i was go just gonna say <clears throat> you know I, i'm just like reflecting and i think it kind of like sums up a lot of what we're talking about like the first time i met david i think i was still working for the club and you came up and like i'm at the office and it was like oh hey uh there's this guy from florida who used to live here and he's like super interested in the club and we're just going to go have beers with him. And I was like, okay. And like, it didn't even seem like an odd thing or, or like, why are we doing this? Like, I was like, yeah, great. Let's go to the terrace and have some beers with this guy and his family. And like, I showed up and I think Andrew was there and some other folks were there. And it was like, you know, now I look back on it. It's like, that's just kind of like what like Cuba and Peter and, you know, Andrew have like created where like, you know, these weird things happen that on, in retrospect, I'm like, well, oh, that was kind of strange, but no, at the time it seemed like totally normal that we're just going to go have beers with this guy. And, and now, you know, it's, I think David's kind of, you know, reflecting that like the way that makes people feel about the club is, is, you know, you can't even, you know, you can't quantify it. Mm -hmm. No, that was, yeah. Just putting out a message and then 20 people said, yeah, I'll be at the terrace and people just showed up. It was, uh, it was, that was, that was amazing. Uh, it, it's a very sort of Wisconsin attitude, right? It, uh, I just, um, today I saw a tweet from Asted Wesley, who is um, uh, a reporter for the New York Times. And he said about how he went to a supper club in Door County while he was reporting and, and somebody bought him beers and somebody texted him back and they were like, oh, what did you have for, for a drink? And then somebody else was like, uh, respect your choice in visiting Door County and hope you come back again. Like there's a very welcoming feeling to Wisconsin. And I think somehow Andrew, Cuba, Peter, Turbo, you guys have, have embodied that in some sense. If there's a, there's an incredible Italian restaurant in town called the Olive Garden. Um, and they have this big quote when you walk in and it says, when you are here, you are family. And uh, I think that, you know, it's, it's a local Madison place and that's possibly the motto of Madison. It's not is, that the is that the place with the breadsticks? Yes. As many as you can eat. I got to try that place. I got to try that. My, my favorite New York pizza joint is Sabaro, but continue. Ooh. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's been the coolest about being a part of this club is that like anybody that really has energy and is willing to give of their life force it, it, at least a little bit, right? It's you, you earn it back tenfold. And, and like, as long as you're willing to give of yourself, like you're going to get something in return. And I found that to be really, really fun because that's like the only, the only gate to be kept 
has been, are you willing to put the time and the energy in and to give of yourself? No, I think that's, that's awesome. Uh, Connor, for you as a, as a player, you know, Andrew, stop making Keith have feelings. He obviously was very uncomfortable. <laughs> he was like, how I dare mean, you? Yes, that is awesome. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> well, I wanted to say, Connor, um, is it different here than other places you played and how so? It's definitely, it's definitely different. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to describe. And I've talked to other players about it and they'll ask like what's going on in Madison and, um, the only other place I felt anything like this would have been what Minnesota was when I was there. Really only the first year I was there would probably Minnesota stars, even year two, I was there when it became Minnesota United and we went through that transition to a new ownership, which has been great. It, it's helped the club grow up there, but there's a, there was a change, um, Madison feels like what it did in 2012 as far as Minnesota stars, because it's everything is so authentic and it's a, it really does feel every person you interact with, there's a level of like, this is real. Like I, no one else is in this for like a pretense or we don't think we're MLS. We don't think we're this, that, or the other thing. We're not trying to go anywhere. We're trying to do this because we actually care you know, about this club. We care about this community. We care about um, this end. And, you know, anyone that doesn't see that, we're not worried about that. It's like, we're going to focus on doing what we think's right and what we feel feels good. If other people think it's cool, great. If they don't, great, whatever. And like that essence, uh, I think is, it's hard to explain to players until you're, in it and you feel that and I've been lucky enough to have it happen kind of twice in my career um but kind of going the gap between both of them and really feeling like when I was in Carolina like fighting to get that or even in Minnesota like fighting to retain that um man it makes you like appreciate how how special it is I don't know if that totally makes sense but that's kind of how I internalize it I mean, Cuba, Cuba and I were talking about that today. Um, do we expect what we have right now to last forever? No. Right. Will it always be the same forever? No. But like, if you can be here right now and be giving it like giving your life force away to this thing, like it, like it's special. And I think you have to like eat that up and enjoy it and savor it while you can. Yeah, uh, I hope I hope it lasts long a long time. Yeah, and you never know. It's, it's trite, but it takes a village. And, and Kuba was, in a lot of ways, the mayor of that village. And it wasn't about him. He his connection and relationship, especially to the supporters, but all parts of the community, is what kind of brought it all together. And that authentic word that Connor used is is appropriate. Um, Andrew, you're hitting a lot of the right themes, but the other thing is Cuba was often underappreciated. I feel like it's a eulogy at your funeral, Cuba. <laughs> you're not dying. You're not even leaving Madison, but you're worthy of all this praise um, because it was never about you. It was, wasn't your ego or anything, but you were doing some of the, the best things in American soccer. 
and um, I'm glad that the people that kind of examine it closely, they got it. They knew uh, what was going on in your role in it. And, um, you know, I think, you know, this group just wants to express their appreciation for what you, you helped create. Uh, Peter, if I could, I want to take that even one step further. I mean, I, I, I'm totally there in everything you said. I, I think one of the things that's going to happen here is there's ripple effects of what you've done and whatever roles you kind of move into. I think those things are going to continue to happen. And it's the impact on Madison, which is front and center, and why this matters. But that's going to have ripple effects into other communities across the United States as the sport continues to grow. And I think that's the part that, like, really when I bring it back to like Madison, like what's special here, it gives me goosebumps because it's what we're doing matters to this community. And that's the focus and that that's the importance of this. But by focusing on that, like this is having ripple effects in other places, whether people see it or not. Like I, I, I've talked to people in other places and there are a lot of people saying, Hey, how, how do we gravitate towards portions of that? And again, like Peter said, a lot of that comes down to, I think, Cuba's selflessness and this and really driving this. And I know Connor, you see it from the, you know, talking to players from around the country, but I see it from seeing, talking to supporters around the country and, you know, especially down here in Florida. And I have people uh, asking me through Twitter and then I see them around and say, who is, you know, who's this Flamingo team? Who's this forward team? You know, what is all, what's all this about? And, you know, it's the, it's the, uh, you know, it's a lot of the, obviously the social media online presence and whatnot, but they hear, about um, everything that's been going on up there and all the great things that uh, everybody's doing there and uh, expanding out, branching out, and they want to hear more about it, which is exactly what you guys, uh, you know, set the set set the things in motion for to keep going for years. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I really like can't say how much it means to me to you know, like hear you guys say all that stuff because it's you know this has been such a such a passion project, but it honestly, it feels to me like it was this coming together of so many right people at the right time for the, for this project, you know, Peter being at the forefront to start it off, um, Connor being our first captain, you know, Andrew, the fact that you were leading it, having, you know, guys around the country like David, Tomek, Cassidy, you know, who doesn't have a soccer background, but she comes in and creates these incredible kits. Um, you know, so, so much of, I feel like our success, I, I don't feel, you know, personally responsible for it as much as, you know, it's been amazing hearing you guys say all this stuff, but I think it's just this, like, it just shows you this community that's been built and, you know, all the leadership at the flock and everything. It's like, you have this kind of almost perfect storm that I think it's, it is hard to replicate at other clubs around the country, but yeah, you know, it's been, been a blast. I would push back only on the point, Google. It is hard to replicate. Like, and have the right people, all those sorts of things. But the standpoint of, like, how you approach it and, like, why and why you're invested in it, I, I do think that's replicatable. And I think that's where a lot of your impact, you know, for anyone that might see this or anyone that kind of delves into what happened at Forward, I would hope that they look at that because it's really having that person that, and I go back to you being a supporter, you bring this outside of like what the sport should be. And then you come into the inside of being within kind of a club, but to have the presence to not make it about you and to make it about something greater than you. Um, you know, I think that was a huge driving factor in all of this. Yeah. I mentioned it earlier today when I was talking, Kuba and I were talking like 
we have this at some point we're going to have to like probably save off like our, our Slack, like DM conversation. It's like, just, just for like historic, historical sake, but you know, I, I, I think the qualities that that I can rattle off, like, and what I Connor, Connor Kaloya called me earlier today. And one of the things that I told him was like the day-to-day work that can, that can be farmed out to other people. People can handle that stuff. The things that are sort of intangible that, that like are possessed by, by people like Cuba, where, you know, Connor Tobin, you talk about how is it replicatable? I think if people have certain qualities, it can be. Anybody can do the work, right? The work is the work. It always is. But like things like like taste and work ethic and uh, and personal drive, being obsessive about creating something unique. Those, those are all things that are really difficult to come by people, especially that work in this industry. And I'm, I talk about industry, the soccer industry, the sporting industry from a fan perspective that understands some of the business perspective. And I think, you know, when I, when I think back to like the launch and I, you know, I kind of jokingly, I don't know if I've ever said it in Cuba's company, but like Cuba, Cuba is like the tin tin of American soccer, right? Kind of, at least when he started at, at like first started, I was like, he's kind of, he kind of has the look. He's got the like little spiky hair in the front, like he's going on adventures all the time. He's got dogs with him here and there showing up at events. But I think what I said earlier today in our chat was like, I think it's a very rare thing to possess confidence and personal taste balance with humility and trepidation. And I was chatting with turbo last night and I said, you know, I, one of the things I told, we talked about was like, you know, when I was, when I was thinking we were chatting was when Kuba came on staff, like he didn't know a lot of the stuff and do a lot of the stuff that he does now. Right. Like he knew how to work hard and figure things out, pick up on things quickly, have an obsessive work ethic. Right. And I think that like those things are things that you, that are, you can find in just in anyone that was willing to show those things. I think it's just a unique combination that happened here. Um, And I don't think that we've, we have lightning in a bottle necessarily, but a, a little bit probably. Well, and, and Peter, you're starting a new club and um, I, I don't want this to become a, you know, session where we talk about forward Madison is the only club that can be like this and we're perfect in every way, et cetera, et cetera. But um, there, there are certain things that are going to be hard to replicate. I mean, you've, you've figured out a, a sort of process and, and a development, but you know, you're not going to, you're not going to find Cuba. There is a unique characteristics of every community. And one of the beauties of, of Cuba is he knew Madison. He, he, he got the vibe and he knew soccer. He got that culture. Um, you know, I get a lot of credit for a lot of things, probably a lot. I know not probably, I know for a lot more than I deserve, 
one thing I don't get enough credit for is identifying the right people for the right positions. And having that person to work right alongside me is so important. And I've been fortunate to have a number of them. In Chicago with this new project, um, uh, I've got a right-hand person named Night Train Vec. He's um, son of Mike Vec and uh, baseball fame, minor league baseball fame from the St. Paul Saints and grandson of Bill Vec, baseball hall of famer and all that. And he's perfect for that particular opportunity in Chicago. Similar Tom Dunmore in Indianapolis, uh, Kevin Wilhelm in Minnesota, but Kuba was the unique, perfect person to get forward Madison off the ground and connected to the soccer community, spread that word. And we've been very fortunate to have this Wisconsin pro soccer team launched with Kuba's help. Any uh, sort of final comments here for, for Kuba? My, my dinner has arrived and uh, I have finished my bottle of wine. So uh, before I, uh, I let hey, y'all go. Keith, where did you get food from? You got to clue people in. Taigu in Middleton. I'm at the uh, uh, Ponywa's Manor out in Middleton and, uh, you know, here for, for a little Christmas celebration. And so uh, my parents uh, abandoned their usual uh, fresh direct delivery in order to get a little Taigu. Paisley is running around causing problems, whining in the background. Uh, and uh, so I uh, wanted to see your final thoughts, all of you. Keith, I, I thought this was going to be a roast. This has been way too positive and uplifting. <laughs> a little disappointing as an older brother. Hey, um, we haven't talked about Kuba's $400 espresso machine. Absolutely bourgeoisie. <laughs> Leave the Breville out of this. Um, the one thing I, I just wanted to add, as uh, Peter was talking, I was just had this flashback to uh, Kuba calling me, and he had just gotten a job with like a salary and insurance and like my parent like he was settling in wisconsin my parents were so happy and kuba calls me and he's like hey uh peter wilt rich reached out they're gonna start a team in madison i think i should be part of it and um he just like he 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 kind of he knew that this was like where he was meant to be right like this was like all the years of like uh drinking at the Highbury with Peter and others. Um, and, um, but kind of like, kind of finding, uh, somebody once told me vocation is where like the world's greatest need and your greatest passion meet. Um, and there was this great need for like the soccer community in Madison. Um, and Kuba had this great passion for it. And uh, people like Peter and Andrew helped him like realize that. And um, it's been really great. Um, and it's brought, I think uh, our community a lot and it's brought a lot of joy to a lot of people thank you bro let me, let me just selfishly from my perspective i better see you in the flock and every single game that you're in town away because, days kuba away yeah. days kuba's the best yeah we got it we need to do that eruption tour off the rails to yes. go to the cities yeah it's a thing we're going to freight hop to Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, a uh, couple of hobos sharing a bean. No, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've said it, said it before, but you know, 
everyone made this success and I, I don't want to eulogize myself too much because I'll still be here and around the community and, you know, promoting forward between my, my book tour of, uh, you know, about my time in, in League One and exposing everything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been awesome. Peter, I always have a friend. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. You always, you always, always have a friend down here in Orlando, and uh, bring you in, bring you into Disney, and uh, hang out with uh, with Mickey, play soccer with Mickey, or something down here. And uh, definitely away days, uh, especially in the southeast. If anybody, if you can come down on here. Uh, I'm actually just looking forward to Kuba's next step. I know he's got some kind of intermediate thing, but I'm looking for him to be commissioner of a pro soccer tennis league. So that way I can play until I'm like 60. And uh, beyond that, Tomas, why would I have you on here? This pierogi, pierogi eating thing. It's a real thing and I'm coming for you. Oh, bring it. Bring it, Turbo. <laughs> so thank goodness we finally have the Polish Supporters Union of Ford Madison to organize this competition because – What's really been holding back competitive pierogi eating in the United States is lack of a governing body. Um, And so once this COVID is over, we're going to put this on on stage. Anytime, anywhere. Okay. Keith, you've muted yourself again. He's never sounded better. This is how I always listen to this podcast, <laughs> by the way. Is, it, is this actual better without audio? Like I listen at five. Better without audio? I, I listen to it at 5x speed. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm living in my parents' basement right now, and my dad, you know, stuck his head in and, and didn't respect the pod. I was just going to say, Peter, any, any, you know, <laughs> eulogizing words. I've already eulogized him several times through this. I'll just uh, finish by saying I am so looking forward to being with Cuba at Ford Madison games as a fan when you know, neither of us has to worry about our you know, operations, making sure the inflatable plastic flamingos are, are full and not leaking and just enjoy the sport like it's supposed to be enjoyed. You know what I'm looking forward to? All of us at the Highbury. Yes. So uh, thank you, Kuba. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, David. Thank you, Tomek. Uh, thank you, all of you, for, for sticking around. Uh, thank you, Kuba, for all of what you've done to build Ford Madison in, uh, in Madison and, and the community and, and what it's meant. Um, this is our, our first and probably last uh, drunk emergency pod. Um, I have polished off an entire bottle of wine. Uh, so congratulations <laughs> to me. Uh, and uh, I say until next time, forwards, not backwards, upwards, not forwards, and always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. <laughs>